This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Hello and good news. I'm your host, Hannah Canningator, here to talk all about the people, places, and current events affecting the world in a positive way. We're going to get right to that good news, but before we do, just a quick little sidebar. If you like the podcast, please rate and review it on iTunes. It's the only way to get this little good news machine noticed in the search results and just out there into the rest of the world. Also, it totally makes my day to see that someone enjoyed hearing some good news. Okay, second sidebar. Do you shop for things on Amazon? Well... Aside from the ratings and reviews, the best way to support the show is by going to boardwalkaudio.com slash good news and clicking that little button that says support our artists. That will take you to Amazon where you just kind of shop around and do your stuff like you normally would. Then when you check out, Amazon kicks back a little percentage of what they make to the show. And that little percentage helps me keep the show a-going. So very cool, right? Okay, housekeeping time is over. Let's talk about those freaking good people out there making the world a better place. some freaking real good news. Yeah. Da, da, da. Hello and good news, everybody. Uh, I'm here. Oh, my God. Charlie. You don't know how to pronounce my last name, do you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Is it Mihalik? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, great. You got it. Okay. Uh, I run across the same thing a lot. Yeah, I can imagine. Cannon Gator is a doozy. I'm your host, Hannah Cannon Gator, and I'm here with Charlie Mihalik. Yes. I said it? Yeah. Great. (laughs) You want to do it one more time with confidence? (laughs) Hi, I'm your host, Hannah Cannon Gator, and this is the good news with Charlie Mihalik. Perfect. Beautiful. Usually that happens when I'm like, which I'm sure it'll happen today. I'll be like reading a story Mm -hmm. and then go to say the person's name who the story is about and realize that I have no clue. Um, Because like when you read something, your brain thinks you know how to pronounce it until you have to say it out loud. Yeah. (sighs) You guys, Charlie's here. I'm very excited to have him. Uh, He is... He's a comedy man about the scene. He uh, has hosted a show, Purgatory, for almost two years. Yeah. Year and a half at the clubhouse and then also at the UCB Inner Sanctum. They have a show next week. Yes, they do. Yeah, next Wednesday. And every Monday night at uh, the clubhouse. Also, a show which, oh my God, so much buzz around this show. <laughs> it's really fun. It's uh, called Catharsis, and it's dramatic yeah. improv. Like, people aren't trying to be funny. So if you're one of those people that's like, oh, I hate improv, it's so bitty, which you should go see more shows, but also go see Catharsis. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Come yeah. see it. Um, and he's also a writer for the IO main stage team, The Truce. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the, you guys, uh, Catharsis 
just got picked up to do uh, a show at UCB Sunset yeah. on the main, the main shizzle, the main stage next week. Uh, next Wednesday, the 15th at 7 p.m. Yeah. Um, also, Charlie did a spank recently, which is like a, a one-off kind of show uh, that he wrote and produced and was in. Yeah. Yeah. And um, my life as it happened. And it get it's do he gets to do it again. Yeah. Which is a big deal when that happens. That means it was really great and funny. Cause as are you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, I'm very excited to jump in to some stories. Me too. I could use some good news. Yeah. We all we all need it. So um last week. I talked about this story. I have an update uh, for those of you who listened last week about Ray Johnstone, which I'll do a quick fill in. Okay, yeah. He, I... um, so he's like a, he's in his 80s and he lives in Australia. He wrote a thing on Gumtree, which is like the Australian Craigslist. Okay. But it's much, it's much nicer. It's like beautifully formatted and... <laughs> more it's a pretty interface uh nothing to do with the story but so he posted on gumtree he is a widower and he also uh recent like a couple years ago lost his fishing buddy he loves to go fishing and he's in his 80s and uh he has a nurse who like encouraged him to post and for to find a fishing fishing buddy. buddy and he did and like uh a whole like hashtag started about it. He got so much buzz about it. Um, called like fishing with Ray, and I found my GoFundMe of the week or one of them last week was somebody started one for him to like take him on a whole tour. Which I need to check up on that. But he did uh, last week. I said he did find a buddy, but they hadn't released like we didn't know details. Yeah, we didn't know. We just knew that Ray had decided on a fishing buddy. His fishing buddy. Um, his name is Maddie. You see, I'm doing it right off the bat. Batsanilis. Okay. Um, he's only 22 years old. What? <laughs> <laughs> and he found Ray's story and he, um, like paid to fly him out like 1500 miles to a different city and take him on a two day fishing trip they like went camping together and uh so here i'll show you a photo so this is ray and this is the dude maddie that's sweet and they yeah they went on a boat for the first day um and then they caught there's a photo one of the photos they've caught like a huge fish it's like a there There it is whoa yeah they did it's like a 31 inch fish and Ray looks so cute. <laughs> I have a question. I don't even I don't even know if this is addressed. So like was this like a were there a bunch of people who expressed interest in being his fishing buddy and he picked the 22-year-old or what like I want to know the process of selection Me too. that got us to the 22-year-old <laughs> cuz I can imagine there were some people who were probably a little bit closer to his age who reached yeah. out and said, "Hey, I'll hang out with you." Yeah. And I wonder what the draw was for this kid. And why does this kid have 1500? <laughs> 
lost someone have to go fishing. I know. He like has his own house. I got stopped up on the story for a second yeah. too because I was like, hold up, this 22-year-old kid has yeah. his own house and a boat and flies this dude out. Yeah, I feel great about myself. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. I mean, I'm super happy for Ray, but it, uh, I, I just really would like to know yeah. how we got to these two. <laughs> I do too. I wish maybe I'll try and reach out to Ray and uh, I'm trying to that do more where I like I'm going to start reaching out to people and doing special and uh, stuff. yeah, like mini sound and phone interviews with actual uh, good news makers. But yeah, I'm excited. I have um, there's a disaster relief organization that my friend volunteers for in Denver and I just talked to the people and we're going to do a I still need to set the whole thing up. So I'm probably jumping the gun saying this, but this month I'm going to do a special episode with Great. him. So I got to, if I could get a hold if of Ray, and get just, Ray, I want to pick that'd his be a brain. Huge get. Yeah. Because <laughs> it turned out he had like 115,000 people like repost and like the whole thing. A whole hashtag right. started. There's this other GoFundMe, which I want to check in on, where basically like these dudes in sydney who are like the fishing guys like that's what they do and they have a whole club they started a gofundme to fly ray out to sydney and take him to all the spots and pay for all of it. i think that's really great and really nice if i posted something on a site and it went viral that would be my nightmare <laughs> Yeah, like posting, like, I'm just looking I'm for I'm lonely a and I want a friend. And so everyone says, look how lonely this guy is. Let's all help him out. I'd be like, oh, no. That's, <laughs> I'm very happy for him, though. But <laughs> That's so true. I hadn't even thought of how I would personally yeah. feel. Because you're like, Cause just... it seems a, it's a little condescending. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, we got you, Ray. Yeah, we got you, Ray. Um, but I'm glad he got to go fishing. Me too, and I hope this kid stays in contact with him. I would hope so, too. I'm sure, you know, it seems like a grandpa-grandson type yeah. situation. Yeah, I want to know what their camping trip was yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. Like, what that whole scene was. Because, um, like, what if... This is just me extrapolating. So if I'm 22 and I'm like, oh, I'll do this and i'll go on and what if the guy's like just like weird like not like not <laughs> bad or not anything like that but you just go and you're like oh man that's i no wonder this guy's <laughs> sure it was great but um i also i hope this kid who has his own house and money to fly a guy out See, now I'm getting all smarmy but i hope that he like also puts money towards other good causes yeah <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I want to know. We should do we should do a follow-up story finding out how the about kid Maddie, got, yeah, about yeah. Maddie got his money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maddie Bats and Alice. He's probably a, he's probably a tech dude. Yeah, he's got to be he's in tech. Young tech guys. Man. 22. Got <laughs> a house. Well, Maddie, I'm so excited that you and Ray went fishing and I feel like I wonder if Ray's just going to be done with it now or if more stories will maybe i'll just have a follow-up with ray corner for the next couple weeks yeah i mean if you could get a hold of him and talk to him i think it would be really interesting to see if he's still like because i could imagine like yeah you go on this fishing trip but if you have so much interest 
Yeah. Why not just fill up your dance cart? Like you can go fishing all the time. <laughs> Whenever all, if all these people want to go fishing, yeah. go fishing with all of them. And they all want to pay. Like a yeah, lot of people are, really yeah. want to pay for him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he asked for that, but. <laughs> <laughs> his post, uh, his post is the best because it's like. It's a lot of it is in all capital letters. I'll have to screenshot this and put it on the Instagram. But it's like all capital letters about like, I'm going to help pay for the petrol. And if you have a boat, I'll pay all the ramp fees. But it's also fine if you don't have a boat. We can, It's just like a really cute all capital That's letter great. post. Ray. So my next thing that I want to talk about. I feel like I have kind of a lot of silly news this week, but this one is uh, kind of crazy, like a little bizarre. So, well, and also good news, but the Netherlands are like closed a bunch of their prisons because they don't have enough prisoners. (laughs) Imagine having that problem. (laughs) Yeah, because they're doing great as like, with their stuff so they don't have uh i think it's i mean in the netherlands i know it's like scandinavian countries but they have this thing where like they have a maximum prison sentence like even for murder i think it's like 22 years and then it can be re-upped but like they everything's about rehabilitation like the prisoners have like playstations and they like have like classes and they do stuff like that and so they don't Uh, resemble our prisons at all and which it's like it's punitive like it is but it's rehabilitation is the first thing and so their like recidivism rate is like super low and yeah they they don't have a lot of people come back and they like very much like treat them with humanity and it's just yeah just it works out that's crazy yeah (laughs) um yeah they're i feel like our system here it's bad news but uh having any sort of rehabilitation stuff in prisons i mean it has to make it makes a huge difference i did a story about in the very beginning about um there's this program in boston in new york city that deals with uh, youth prisons um, specifically Mm -hmm. and going in and doing art with them. And like, they do all this amazing art and they do really cool shows and they like, they talk through their issues and like work it out through art therapy and they treat them like people and then they help them um, with job placement and stuff afterwards and like help them know that they're not, because everybody treats, like when you get out of prison, people just treat you like trash. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the fact that you, are legally required to disclose it on a job application or mm-hmm. or, or anything like of course you're not going to get that job yeah like yeah and so uh you're not gonna be able to make any money and so or you could go back to prison for free yeah which is you know it, it it's so counterintuitive to mm-hmm. what prison should be all about like, yeah it just doesn't yeah so the idea that you would go in and like treat them like a human being and then say, oh, we're going to help make sure you don't come back here because, A, it saves the taxpayers money. Yeah. B, it'll reduce the prison population. I mean, there's just so many reasons to do it. And uh, I we haven't gotten it. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's a uh, every time that I find stories from over over the way in like uh, Europe and Especially the Netherlands, I've done a couple different things about them this year. They're kind of killing it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, the Scandinavian countries are killing it, like, across the board. There's just, like, everything is like, oh, it's great, it's great, it's great. Like, it's even, (laughs) like, one of those countries is, like, the happiest country on Earth. Yeah. Yeah. 
Isn't Sweden or something one something, of the, yeah. the highest? Uh, what is it? Measurement? I almost just said index. the GOP. Is yeah, Global Happiness that. Index or something. Yeah. But yeah, so they're closing their prisons. And I also just saw an article that um, sisters, this one, that um, so because a lot of their prisons are closing, they're using the empty prisons as uh, places for like refugees to be able to stay, which seems like kind of a <laughs> like I almost mean, internment camp yeah but, um but, the, but no they need they need places they to need, stay and if the prisons are already ahead. not bad as long as yeah. they don't have they don't have to like do they have to stay there like they 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 would sleep there but like are they confined to those places during the day because then that does seem a little then that's then yeah. that's like that actually <laughs> yeah no i think um they're just opening or it up just as housing like, uh housing yeah. yeah um and i think um, I did a bad job at writing down any of the facts I saw for that one and I didn't save it. But, uh, I think from what I saw, it's like free housing okay. basically It's like, here's a roof over your head. I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean, anything that can be done to, to house people, um, is a positive. Yeah. Yeah. So I know it's hard to like the idea of somebody staying in a prison, but you yeah. got to repurpose that. Somehow, yeah, and you have you to look all... at what the prison is because what I've like from what I've seen uh, in a lot of those European prisons is they have like windows and there's you yeah. know, like and they put up like you know nature scapes and do stuff to try to make it really seem like you're not in there and they don't try to make them look like you know four walls and a cot or yeah know. this uh, the picture that I saw of it they had a window yeah um so it's more like it looks kind of like a like a dorm room situation. Yeah. Like crappier than a dorm room, but still uh but at least um yeah, their crime rate is so low. They close their prisons. They're saving a bunch of money because of it. They're just doing a good job. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um but I think also they're kind of like aside from the refugee thing, they're like not really sure what to do with their empty prisons. It's I guess 19 prisons in total. That's a lot. That's quite a few. So the rooms, uh, sorry, I'm doing a slow catch up here. So the rooms have, they're intended for one or two people. And there's like, they have the kitchens and there are also gyms there. So I, it's not yeah, a bad place to no, be. It doesn't sound like it. It's not an American prison. <laughs> no. Yeah. And there was kind of some good news <laughs> last year on the American front where like, um, President Obama signed an executive order that would <coughs> end private prisons in America. Yeah. Um, but the there's a little bit of fear that that's not going to stick around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the private um that's always blown my mind, the private private prisons. It's horrible. It's real bad. Mm-hmm. Prisons as a business yeah. and um uh yeah. It's bad. Especially since the contracts that are signed with the state are like essentially based on a guarantee of a continual yeah. influx of inmates. Yeah. Which is so, how you get the money to run the prison. The state pays for every single person that's in there. So you are essentially saying we promise to put 
a bunch of people in here. Yeah. And that's how the contract is signed. And to set up anything like that, especially when you're dealing with like human lives, it's, yeah, yeah it's bad. It's crazy. Yeah. They gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> or at least that whole, uh, that attitude of everything. That's just, uh, let me see if I can think of a segue. Okay. Uh, prisons are empty and, but the pockets of a Girl Scout cookie seller are not. <laughs> I think I read a little bit about this. I didn't read the story, but I think I saw the headline. Um, so this is what I'm doing this week instead of a instead of a GoFundMe, just because I I thought it was really funny. Um, so this girl, she she was a sixth grader and she's trying to sell Girl Scout cookies and she was having a hard time. And she was especially trying to, I guess Girl Scouts does a thing where they they offer like, okay, well, if you don't want cookies in your house, do you want to donate boxes okay. to the troops overseas so they can Eat have Girl something Scout nice? Cookies, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and she just was having a really hard time selling any of them. And she, she was just trying to sell 300 boxes. Um, and so she sent like a letter to a family friend um as like a sales pitch like a very honest sales pitch being like okay i'm selling these girl scout cookies i'm gonna rate and review each cookie as like a honest consumer um and she reviews each one and the reviews are so funny and super um like so honest she does one where the, the toffee tastic review she rates it like a zero and she says, the Toffee Tastic is a bleak, flavorless, gluten free wasteland. I'm telling you, it's as flavorless as dirt. And so she just goes through and rates yeah. everyone. But then this, uh, I think the family friend like passed it on to somebody else because she thought it was so funny. And it then that viral. caught on. Uh, somebody did like a little blurb on it on the news. And then now she has sold like. I think seven, like 4,000 boxes of cookies or something. I just had there, there. I remember her saying in the video interview, she said something with the number 16 in it. So I feel like maybe 4,000 are going to donation, but she has like 16,000. That's wild. orders total. 16,000. So that's a lot of cookies. I mean, 4,000 is still a lot of cookies, but like, <laughs> like yeah. Do you, do you have any sisters? Or? I have three sisters, yeah. Did they go through the Girl Scout they cookie did, selling yeah. thing? Yeah, they it's a did. a nightmare. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, my sister was at a grocery store. Um, Southern California has these grocery stores called Stater Brothers. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were selling outside of a grocery store. <laughs> Stater Brothers got robbed while they oh ran it like at gunpoint. <laughs> yeah. And the guy came running out with his gun and stuff. And they were selling cookies. Um, but yeah, they, they went through that and like, uh, but man, having to fulfill that many cookie orders. Uh, I remember what I only did Girl Scouts for like a year. And then I realized that like, I just, it wasn't very fun. They make you, I, I wanted to do Boy Scouts. Yeah. Boy Scouts is way more fun. You like go camping and you do fun stuff. It and definitely seems like of a different time. Yeah. yeah. Because even like the camping that my sisters did was was like in cabins and yeah. like tents and stuff and yeah and I I I went through boy scouts um and yeah did you have a blast uh <laughs> i was a very uh fat kid who uh 
wanted nothing more than to be inside playing video games. So <laughs> Boy Scouts was a little lost on me. Uh, I did it for years, but it uh, I honestly was not. Like, no, not, I wasn't a super outdoorsy type. Um, and uh, yeah, it. Uh, I was like very much a creature comforts person. <laughs> Um, I was the kid who would get caught listening to his portable CD player because you were supposed to have no electronics for the weekend or yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I did it for years, but, uh, yeah, I would not say that I had a blast. (laughs) When you having to do outdoor stuff when you like don't want to is also just the worst nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. And no, and you know, like when you're like being heavy and like going on these long hikes and it just was like, yeah. Yeah. And then just, you're just like dirty all the time. And like, I just, I never had that like rugged thing where I was like, I want to get dirty and just like roll around in the mud. Like I love being clean. (laughs) So uh yeah um i like camping now like i would yeah. love to go camping and i like hiking and i like all that stuff that i used to but when i was a kid it was like anything that took me away from like my video games yeah and the internet and <laughs> especially like in high school that was like when being online and aim and chat and all that oh was big God, and like AIM. not being able to be on for a weekend it yeah was like I, the world disappeared yeah yeah that's how uh I didn't have AIM. I had MSN Messenger. That's like where everything happened. Oh. Like that's how people would ask you out. That's how you did MSN Messenger. Yeah. I never had MSN Messenger. You was did. there a whole other world I was missing out? On? Was yeah, like, I'm sorry, Charlie. I, while you were doing Boy Scouts, yeah, everybody was on MSN I'm Messenger. So sorry. No, mine. Yeah, AIM was AOL and AIM, and was when I was in fourth grade, my parents bought. A Macintosh Performa 2600, which I still remember, was like, and it was the top of the line when it came out. When they bought this thing, it was, it was like (laughs) $2,600 because computers used to cost several thousand dollars because uh, the technology was so rare. It had a CD-ROM drive and one gig of RAM, of not one gig of RAM, one gig of memory total. So you could put one gigabyte of storage, (laughs) uh, which they said was like endless. Like, you know, you just could never (laughs) run out of storage. Um, And uh, I remember when my parents got AOL and then uh, so like AOL and they paid for it. So it was that thing where you got the CD that was like 10,000 free hours and you used to have to pay by the hour. And so there was AOL 2.0 or whatever. And then AOL 3.0 came out and then it went all the way up to nine. Like I, I remember the last time, like my parents, like, like I remember AOL being like at version nine, but my computer could only do version three. And then after that, they stopped supporting that particular (laughs) computer. And so like, basic things like away messages yeah. and everything were like you couldn't do oh no yeah and so like everybody had like the funniest coolest away messages and i was so <laughs> jealous that i wasn't able to do them um and then uh my parents refused to get uh um dsl or cable yeah so we still had a landline yeah and so same. like yeah and back in the day like when there was Back in the day, it wasn't even that long ago, really. That families, there's like the one main computer. Ours, oh, it yeah, was like in the living Ours room. Ours is in the living room. It's like that's the computer, yeah. and you, you, you can only be on the internet for like an yeah. hour because grandma's calling, yeah, tonight. I remember my dad used to set a 30 minute egg timer 
for me to be on the internet. <laughs> 30 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> By the time I got on, I it was, was over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And what I would love is like waiting for them to go to bed. And then it was just like, you can be on all yeah. night. I can and, do whatever. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can get on LimeWire. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely gave my computer a few viruses yeah. <laughs> from LimeWire. <laughs> I'm going to make such a sweet mix CD. Um, let's see. Oh, I want to read a couple more of these girl this okay. I want to just go through this girl's uh reviews of all the Girl Scout cookies. I just love it so much. Um, Savannah Smiles. Savannah Smiles are like a sweet lemon wedge with just the right balance of sweet and sour. This cookie gets a seven for its divine taste. So she's like very, yeah. <laughs> she's like really putting a lot of thought. Yeah, in. that one seems like it should be in a, in like a magazine or something. Yeah. Uh, trefoils. Or is it trefoils? Trefoils. God, I don't know what happens to me when I try to read out loud. I can't. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what this uh, This is a plain peanut butter cookie that pairs nicely with any hot drink. I give it a six because alone, it's kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> The Dosey Dough. The Dosey Dough is a peanut butter sandwich. I give it a five for its unoriginality and its blandness. Wow. What'd she say about uh, the Samoas? Samoas. 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 She didn't didn't elaborate on them much. She said, wow, the Samoa. I give it a nine. Yeah. Okay. I, that's good enough for me. I yeah. would. I'll, I would probably give it a ten. That's yeah. my. That's my favorite Girl Scout cookie. God, it's the best one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she does great because you're like, okay, I actually agree with your yeah. taste and I trust you. Uh, Tagalongs. If you don't like peanut butter, do not buy this cookie. However, I give it an eight for the chocolate peanut butter combination. Inspired. I do like tagalongs too. Yeah, they're dead. they're really they're good. Really good. Yeah. Um, Thin Mint is a nine. For a delectable chocolate mint combination, also inspired. I don't know. A nine I on don't Thin Mints. I feel like Thin Mints are trendy, but I, yeah. yeah, that's like the most popular one. And like they're decent, they're good. I just but a nine. Yeah, I don't think a nine. No, I would go like I'd go like a six or a seven. I would give it a six or a seven and be like, if you have never had a Girl Scout cookie before and you you get these, then you're good. Yeah. And you'll uh, be fine. You won't be you, like disappointed. Be yeah. yeah. There but was also a thing. Do you remember this? And I don't know if they still do it, but like Thin Mints got a big, there was a big to do where it was like they used a certain type of palm oil and the Thin Mints and that palm oil was taken from trees in like a rainforest that was an, uh, an orangutan or like an, an ape's habitat. And it was like, destroying the habitat oh my god and so a lot of people were like protesting or like petitioning the girl scouts to change and i don't know if they did but i remember hearing that for years like about the palm oil and the thin but i never like it was like it might have been uh yeah an urban legend or like anything but i remember that being a big thing that's uh i had not i haven't heard that and but it was I, only thin mints yeah like specifically thin mints that probably added to their popularity. You know, <laughs> people wanted to destroy the habitat. Uh, okay, I'm just going to, I want to know this. Yeah, and I'm, I'm Googling Thin Mint protest. Um, Maybe palm oil, I don't know. Yeah. We're, a lot of random shit came up about uh, Girl Scout cookie protests. Oh. <laughs> Those big organizations get a lot of, yeah. get a lot of flack. 
Oh, oh, they re- they have pledged to reduce palm oil. Reduce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we'll, only, we'll only, we'll kill it slower. Yeah. Oh, uh, I guess it was a group of renegade Girl Scouts who uh, brought attention to the to the palm oil issue and the threat renegade. it has on there. Yeah. Wow. Girl Scouts gone rogue. Yeah, you're right. It's about the rainforest and orangutans. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. Man. Not an urban legend. Snopes. Um, fact. <laughs> fact. Rogue Girl Scouts. Um, That's really funny. Yeah, well, Thin Mints definitely get a five or a six. Yeah. I'm I, moving nine, it down to five. Yeah. Uh, I was on board with all her other ones, but that's okay. <laughs> she's still trying to move product. That's whatever. <laughs> yeah, she's in sixth grade. She knows she's going to move a lot of Thin Mints, but she's not going to move any of those. Uh, what's the one she gave a zero? Um, the the gluten-free the gluten-free uh the, the toffee toffee-tastic toffee-tastic that sounds like i would like it i like toffee yeah i don't know it's a bleak flavorless gluten-free wasteland man <laughs> i love that so much uh she gave this some more one i didn't know there was a s'more one that must be newer uh she said if you have a wild sense of adventure try the s'more Full disclosure, I have not tried this more, so I can't rate it in good uh, consciousness. <laughs> that's my favorite review. <laughs> the first sentence and the second sentence are such a stark contrast yeah. from each other. Um, I would try this more, and I don't yeah. think you need a wild sense of adventure. I'd say that's that's a staple of a campfire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty standard campfire food. <laughs> yeah, just a regular s'more. We're not talking ratatouille. Yeah. It's the only exotic yeah, thing I could think of off which the top of my head. Which is peasant food, right? It's Isn't just, it? Yeah. yeah. It's like... It's uh, like... It's just vegetables. Yeah. And, like, and sauce. And sauce. Yeah. Sauce and vegetables. And sauce. Um, well, that's the Girl Scout. That's the... Great. My version of the GoFundMe of the week. Because I, I went on GoFundMe this week and I just... It just made me sad. Some yeah. weeks it just makes me sad. Yeah, I Some get weeks it. I get really excited. Uh, this week I went on and it's like so and so. Everyone has cancer. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Everybody's trying to save everybody. Everybody. Um. Also, in lieu of a GoFundMe, I I thought this was really nice. Um. Another can it's cancer still, but a Minnesota veteran with cancer. Um. This is kind of. This is kind of small town news. St. Cloud, Minnesota. He put a, an ad in the newspaper, just like in the little classifieds, that he is just hoping to get letters from people. Um, oh, that's nice. Because he's dying. Yeah. <laughs> and he, it doesn't sound like good news at all how I'm saying it. <laughs> um, he He's asking for people to send him letters. So if you want to send him a letter, I found this one on Reddit. A ton of people on Reddit have already sent him letters. And <laughs> he wanted a bunch of letters from Redditors. Everyone's favorite people. Yeah. Everyone's favorite people is, is the Reddit Legion sending this guy a bunch of letters. Oh, man. He's going to be getting a lot of letters. I might send him a little uh, doodle. I have like... I'll say about Reddit is like there have been times when I've been on there and I've found things that are useful, but it has such a reputation. Uh, Yeah, they do tend to like uh, mobilize each other uh, for certain things like this, but it does seem very funny for him to get it from a 
lot of like straight white men (laughs) (laughs) who were in their 20s. (laughs) Um, I tell, well, I had my guest Steven last week because I was talking about how I spend too much time on, uh, I go on Craigslist way too much and just get lost in a rabbit hole of looking at stuff. And then also every now and then Reddit too. The, I look on Reddit for, there's some positive subreddits oh, that okay. I find, which are great. But there are like, as I was just scrolling through the whatever, the regular, there are some that you're like, oh no. Yeah. Why? And there's And then there's the one that's like the MRA subreddit, the men's rights activist one, oh, the no. red pill. It's called the red pill. And, uh, yeah, and that one is, it's all about, like, yeah. And it just, it's just, it's, the, it's, it's completely and totally, and it's, they create a whole little world for themselves in there. Yeah. And within there, they're like. Fast, fast, fast yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, and you can go in there and come out feeling very disturbed oh i yeah. don't well what i said to steven was because he was like oh i don't go on either of those because they, they scare me it's like the depths of the internet and i was like i just go in with a naive mind looking for what i'm looking yeah for and you can and like curate right if you were to create an account you could remove the ones mm-hmm. that you don't want to see or like build yeah and do any you know anything like that because i know there are ones that are just like cute animals or yeah. like oh my god there's reddit like uplifting on. news is like mm-hmm. a subreddit which is like one of the default ones but then there's also like subreddits called like watch people die <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's one that somebody showed me one time uh my friend rooster i feel like he there's one that's like alien dicks it's so, right there's all that right. kind of stuff yeah um you can find anything on the internet. Yep. This got posted on Reddit, so it's okay. going to be getting a lot. Yeah. Great. I'm um, but hopefully from the positive crowd. Um, okay. So let's see. A lot of my stuff is Real, like... One question. Yeah, question. go for it. So if this guy, like, he's not going to, like, read all these letters, right? I would say, like, if, I got, if I got 10 letters, I'd read them. Um, if I got thousands of letters, I would just be like... I can't get I can't I can't get through all these like um, unless he gets like a team to help because at yeah. a certain point like they're all going to kind of be the same like I'd imagine it's like when you're at a, like at my office like we do birthday cards yeah for people and pass them around and everyone's message is basically the same it's like it's happy, like, birthday. happy birthday. I hope it's great <laughs> yeah and then somebody's name and then they just fill up the thing and I yeah. imagine it's very similar it's sentiments of like hey hang in there yeah you know uh hope you find some comfort and peace yeah and then because the thing that I like about receiving letters is not the fact that a letter has been given to me. Yeah. I like to know the person. And I like <laughs> the sentiment contained within it to have something to do with me and their relationship. So like these, str- if a stranger, if a bunch of strangers started sending me letters, getting a letter is not <laughs> yeah. the thing. I, I like to get a letter from someone I know. That you know. That yeah. totally makes sense. I like that you're true. I'm so understanding your true nightmare now is to just get way too much like personal influence yeah. from strangers. From strangers. <laughs> yeah. Like this, this idea that like, and I know that like from a, from an outside perspective, it seems very positive that so yeah. many people have taken on to this, but like, it kind of seems like, okay, small town. He probably has lived there most, if not all of his life. And so he put this in the paper in 
yeah. St. Cloud, probably hoping that people that he had lived around <laughs> his entire life would send him letters yeah. and was like, well, I don't want to ask them all individually. So yeah. hopefully I'll get this. Somebody got it and put it on Reddit. <laughs> Now a bunch of strangers <laughs> are going to send him a bunch of stuff. And then I just be like, because somebody's got to handle all that mail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I feel like, uh, especially with that older generation, um, the newspaper thing is like, like uh, obituaries and yeah. all that. That's not something that that's from mostly like that generation. Yeah, and you do it so that people know um, how to, where to go for the funeral, yeah. or you know, or that they know that the person died. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, like when my grandpa passed away this year, we uh, we were like, oh, well, should we do an obituary? And then we were like, yeah, because there's he lives in Denver, but he's been there forever, and there were people who like yeah. saw it on the newspaper and they were like, Oh Matt, I knew him and they came to the funeral. It's like when my grandma died, yeah. A ton of people came to and they were like, We saw it in the paper. Yeah. yeah. So it and so for that generation it it's just what you do and it makes sense. But if like right. fifteen thousand Redditors showed up to my grandma's funeral <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. What are you doing here? I love it. I didn't put even, it in a subreddit. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the fact that I found it today and that it's on Reddit. Cause a little bit of it is like for someone who like is like at the end of their life, which is a very sad and very lonely and isolating time, human connection is super important. But I would yeah. think that that human connection that you would want would be, would be based on previous knowledge or at least like personal intimate knowledge. Yeah. Because yeah. like, I'm, it's great. I think when you're at, when you're on your deathbed, I'm going to I'm going to tell everybody not tell to send me letters. <laughs> you have to know me to send me letters because otherwise, what am I supposed to do? Just because somebody's got to throw them all out. Um, <laughs> well, I'm going to move on to okay. I'm trying to I'm really working on my segues, you guys. Letters. They sound so letters that aren't personal. No, I can't. <laughs> I don't know where. <laughs> You're just gonna have to like barrel through it. I yeah. think you just <laughs> uh moving on to a story of a woman who passed away who started as a stranger. Here we go. Okay. But then became a part of the family. Uh okay. This story is about it's this is also kind of small town news. It takes place in Glenolden, I think, Pennsylvania, or which is about seven thousand people, or uh, Delaware County, I guess. It's outside of Philadelphia, like okay. a suburb. Um, and these, this husband and wife couple ended up taking basically a homeless woman into their house, um, thinking it would be just for a little bit, and she was like eighty years old and stayed there for stayed with them and they like took care of her for two wow. years basically until she was pretty terminally ill and they had to take her to uh, a, a nursing home so this the woman um doreen mcgettigan she wrote a book recently called the stranger in my recliner which i i really want to read um but the story basically goes that the woman's name is Sophie. Okay. And I think she had she had something going on 
mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, she that never got diagnosed or pro- properly um, dealt with. But basically, um, John <clears throat> McGettigan, he and Doreen have five kids total between the two of them. Like, I think they both had separate marriages at one point. He was going to AA. He was a recovered alcoholic who would go to AA meetings. Um, his son, like, committed suicide when he was 17, and he was, like, processing that. And this woman, Sophie, was at the AA meetings as well all the time, and he talks about how she was, like, she would actually really listen and really connect with him and always touched base with him on, like, how are you doing with your son and all that. And then... He noticed that she stopped coming and like a lot of time went by. Um, and one day he was leaving the AA meeting and he saw an old woman had fallen down. He went to help her up and it was this lady, Sophie. Wow. Um, and he, he was like, well, let me give you a ride home. And she said, well, she basically told him, like, I live in the woods behind the church. Like, I'm homeless and I live in the woods. And he was like, what? Yeah. Well, okay, come to my, like, come here. You can stay with me tonight. Absolutely. So he, like, called his wife and was like, we're, we're, this is Sophie. Like, I know her from a while back, and she just needs a place to stay. So they were like, okay. So they took her in, and then they started to call around to, <clears throat> like, all the agencies um, around and the shelters. But basically what happened was some it's like a fluke in the system where she had already been registered to get into, um, into housing, like mm-hmm. permanent housing. Um, so she was on the waiting list, um, for that. And then, but because she was then staying with these guys, they were like, she's no longer a priority. Okay. Um, so she, she lost her spot. Yeah. You have, if she has a place to stay or knows people at all, and you've given her a roof over her head for these last couple of days. She what? Yeah, like some weird, like some really frustrating issue with the system. Basically, like they let her yeah. stay with her. That's they were terrible. thinking just like a week or two until she. But they the and system, they kept her. And then so then they spent a long time trying to find her family. She had three adult children. Her whole family, Sophie's entire family, was like no. Like, we want no contact with her anymore. She had burned, Sophie had burned quite a few bridges, apparently, in her journey to the woods. Um, and so they just, they were like, okay. They just ended up basically um, caring for her for two years. Um, because the state-like <coughs> programs wouldn't wow. take her in, and their family wanted nothing to do with them, and they couldn't put her out on the street and Doreen she um worked in hospice in the past so I think she probably had like a pretty strong connection there and she's also like always been an advocate for mental health issues and um helping elderly especially because I've talked about this before in other episodes but they slip through the cracks a lot in our society um so because of that I think she felt like a very strong pull but I guess um, I really want to read the book because it was like a roller coaster ride of a couple of years because Sophie, they don't know if she had Alzheimer's or maybe it was like a border, like some sort of personality disorder thing. But she would go like crazy sometimes and yell and scream and run away 
And so they were like, yeah, basically um, dealing with her like a family would with somebody who has Alzheimer's, but they weren't her family at all. That's incredibly compassionate. Uh, yeah. I think that is really, really nice uh, because, yeah, I mean, especially like you look at the reaction of the family. There's obviously, and you know, like they don't have the backstory on that, but there's obviously some stuff that went down mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, uh, probably would have given them an indicator that it was going to be a little rough. But I mean, yeah. kudos to them for caring for her for those couple of years because it is, uh, it is so sad. Um, the state of like mental health in this country and the fact that it's underfunded and so there mm-hmm. aren't, there isn't room for people and. You know that a lot of the shelters are closed or don't are impacted and yeah. don't have people. So, um, yeah, I mean, you have to be, you have to be at a place in your life to be willing to accept or to give love like that because that's really what that is. That's like giving love in the most and in, in such a in such a like. I'm always fascinated by stories like that when it is something that is not based on a familial connection or yeah. a connection from like youth, you know? Yeah. Like, and it's like something where like, like his connection to her was that he had seen her at AA mm-hmm. and then she was, she listened and she was compassionate. And I do think that people within, in programs like that do develop like very strong bonds because of the fact that you're being so vulnerable and yeah. you're like dealing with so much stuff. So I can see that. But then, and it wasn't their responsibility. It wasn't anything like that, but they just felt like they had to do something. And that's, it's amazing. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, Especially, it's like unconditional love. That's what that is. Yeah. But for somebody who you're not related right. to. Because that's that's the thing is it's like, like I can't imagine many people who would, because life is so turbulent mm-hmm. and tumultuous as it is, right? right? We all go through our ups and downs and our emotional roller coasters. And to willingly put yourself in a situation in which you were, it's like asking someone to turn your life upside down. Yeah. And they, you are not obligated to them in any way other than they're a human being. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's like so much empathy. She, uh, one of the quotes that she said that was my favorite that I wrote down was, well, and Doreen talks about even in just this article somebody wrote, uh, about her, uh, like, I like it cause she's also just really honest. She's like, there's times where I wanted her. Like, I wanted her out of my yeah. house. I was like, why isn't her family dealing? Like, why <laughs> why won't they step up? Um, but then I think just the journey of, like, sticking through it. And yeah. they did eventually have to put her in a nursing home, which nursing homes suck. But it was a pretty short. It was, like, at the very end of and the line. Yeah. Um, but one of my favorite quotes was, Sophie taught me to love and that kindness is deeper than being nice. She taught me to be kind to people who are less than deserving and that the people in my life who are the hardest to love are the ones who need that love the most. Yeah. And I, I really like that. Cause it's true. Cause when people are being like crazy and difficult or pushing you away and, or like just being maniacs, I feel like that comes from such a, like such a, place yeah, of they're in pain. So much pain yeah. yeah and they're just um it's so hard to step back in those moments and be like yeah listen I because guess. again you know like you there's stories of like uh kids or not kids or even like 
you know, like teens and young adults who act out and they get chance after chance after chance after chance, but that's because it's their family, you know, yeah. like, but at a certain point, I mean, that's, that's why there is such a problem in our country with people basically just falling off the radars because mm-hmm. eventually like, you know, like people give up on people Yeah, and they didn't give up on this person, which is amazing. It, especially at such an advanced age too. Yeah. Well, and also the fact that they've had five kids and two of them have are five alive kids. And then I guess there's, I don't know the story of the second one, but there's, they've actually had two children pass away. Oh God. So like the roller coaster that they've yeah. already been through in life is, but maybe that's what I feel like once you've gone through some, you, your perspective, your perspective changes. is like, yeah. yeah, let's help each other out. For sure. Um, so yeah, so, uh, Doreen is like a writer and a blogger, um, but she also, yeah, is a huge advocate for mental health and, um, uh, yeah, um, raising awareness about all of that, advocating for the elderly and volunteers for the Victims Association. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, that is a nice story. I liked that one a lot. Yeah. I spent a lot of time. I feel like most of my energy went into re I got totally sucked into a, I was like, I should buy the bu- book like right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Animal corner. Ooh. This one's silly. This is just about a dog who gives hugs to people <laughs> like actual <laughs> hugs. <laughs> like stand up uh, hugs. Yeah. Um, she like stands on a corner. Oh my god. Her gosh. owner brings her to the corner and she like gives stand up hugs. Um she start like to just wow. people who need hugs. And she started by holding hands and then like eventually. Oh my gosh. She like stands all the way up and gives hugs. Oh my god, that's so cute. Um the only thing that drives me a little crazy about this story is that the dogs so it's a golden retriever mm-hmm. of course what other right, dog right. would it be <laughs> Yeah dog absolutely. who gives hugs it's a golden retriever Um the dog's name is Lubatina Ugh No After I don't Louboutin. like to After Christian Lubatina <laughs> Yeah <laughs> <laughs> So it's like all very heartwarming except for that part Why which I hate name a dog that Oh my gosh. <laughs> the beautiful dog was named after the French fashion fashion designer Christian Louboutin. <laughs> they call her Luby for short. I, I I don't mind Luby. I don't either. Luby I think sounds, it's great. Sounds good, but to name but, it after Louboutina. <laughs> um the thing I know about Louboutins is there's a shoe. Are they just mm-hmm. shoes? I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure it's shoes and, and they, they have, have a red, red sole. sole. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I had then a uh, previous relationship in which the person had a couple of pairs of Louboutins, Louboutin. and they were Ooh. like their, they were like the jewel of their shoe arsenal. Yeah. Because like they're like seven hundred dollars a pair. More than that. Really? Yeah, they're like thousands oh. sometimes. Um, I was underselling it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, they had they had like I think one maybe two pairs of Louboutins. Dang. Yeah, and it was like, and I I knew those shoes were a big deal. Yeah, yeah, that's all I know about them too. I also I had a really funny exchange. So I went through a period uh, 
I feel like I've ended up touching on it in every episode, but I went through a period where I tried to be an eBay seller uh-huh. for <laughs> like a while. Um, it was kind of a nightmare, but my my aunt lives in Laguna Beach and she's not wealthy, but she like knows right. a ton of wealthy people there. And she used to do this. What she used to do was actually really cool. This can be a small town good news story. She um she, she lived the, she's lived alone for a while or did and she um didn't have like at Christmas she would volunteer for the shelters there as like a way to uh-huh. spend Christmas. Um and then pretty soon she started to get like very involved with the shelters and she also just loves clothes. And so what she ended up doing was getting um, friends and also boutiques and all these places to donate really, really nice clothes. And she would have a huge, like, it was an insane amount. Uh, like the whole town of Laguna Beach would come sail and then all of the money from it would go to the shelters and the women's centers yeah. there. Um, so she did it for years and years and years. And it, it's just, um, she's like in her 60s now and it's such a hassle to organize. So she wasn't going to do it anymore, but she still had these uh like all these clothes from like early 2000s so i was like i'll sell them all and take like a yeah percentage and then the rest of it we can still donate and it was but one of the things was she had there was a pair of louboutin shoes and i ended up selling them in a star like meeting the girl in a starbucks with her mom and she gave me like two hundred and fifty dollars cash, wow. and I like put the shoes on the table. It was like the weirdest <laughs> LA moment I've ever had. Wow! Of like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna meet you on West. It was at the Starbucks on Western too, so it was like kind of oh, sketchy. Oh wow! Yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah. So is that the owner, this guy? Um. Because I'm just wondering, like, who the, who the owner, owner is. is that named the dog? Yeah, this after is him. The shoe. Okay, this is him. That guy named the dog after Christian Louboutin. Yeah, and he works in a hospital as a Spanish translator. What? <laughs> so it doesn't match. <laughs> Nothing. No, not at all. It doesn't match at all. All right. Yeah. Well, well, that's a very cute dog. Yeah. Yeah, and I like the idea that it gives hugs. It gives really. It gives story. people hugs. There was a story a couple months ago that said that dogs don't like hugs. Well. They yeah. should talk to Luby. I know, because... Uh, How would a dog not like a hug? I they said, like so many yeah, things. Yeah, it's something about, like, when you give a dog a hug, it's not actually liking it. It, like, bothers it. And I'm like, too bad. Sounds like you <laughs> yeah. don't like hugs, yeah. whoever wrote that story. Yeah, sorry, dogs. <laughs> You're getting hugs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I like that. I like it, the, the, the dog giving hugs. As long as the dog's treated well. Because, like, when I lived in Santa Barbara, there was a... There were like a few, it wasn't quite like the Venice boardwalk or anything, but there was like a couple of people who would go out on the street and like kind of perform and do stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. one of the things was it was a dog and then a cat would sit on its back and then a a rat would sit on the cat's (laughs) back. And it was just like one, two, three. And then the dog would get up and then the cat would get up and then the rat would get up. And so they'd all stand up and then they'd lay down again. And so people would come up and look at it and like, but like it kind of just like I kind of was like didn't seem like they were all that healthy. Yeah. You know, like they didn't look like they didn't have like shiny coats and like everything like they seemed like and it seemed like the guy like probably like uh, wasn't was kind of a traveler and like mm-hmm. he it just 
and it really bothered me just like when i see the birds down like by the by the the santa monica pier um there's like mm. a guy that has like a bunch of like macaws and parrots and he's got like five or six of them that sit on his his thing but like they just look a little like like a mangy like they just don't quite look and they're out there for so long and it's so much overstimulation yeah um that um you know i just it just yeah, doesn't like seem that. yeah it just doesn't seem good and so like um and but this dog looks super healthy um and it looks very happy so hopefully it's not just like a parlor trick you right know? She seems she seems yeah, happy. It's yeah, look what it, it looks and like is he takes her for shiny. walks. Yeah. And he takes her for, on walks and she hugs people. Yeah. And gives hugs to strangers just like Christian Louboutin would. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, he he was pro- he's he's probably a big huggy guy. Yeah. Uh well, now we're to the part where I get to ask you about a time in your life that you either uh received good news or got to give somebody else good news or just any it it doesn't have to be a huge thing. Any time that you were affected by something in a positive way. Interesting. Um, well, I did have a thing. It like it it starts off a little like dark. That's okay. But I think there's like positivity to it beyond that. Um, when I was like twenty four, twenty five, that was like probably the hardest period of my life. Uh, of my adult life, I would say that was like the the time in which um, I went through the most because I was going through a big uh, transitional period. I um, had lived in LA mm-hmm. um, since I graduated college, and um, I had had a, um, a relationship end, and we lived together, and then. From there, um, I was working in a job that wasn't really sustainable, like, uh, and was kind of faced with the prospect of uh, running out of money if I stayed in to LA, and so I uh, stayed in LA, and so I kind of made the decision to go back to school, mm-hmm. and so um, I left LA and moved home for a few months, and then uh, saved up some money to go to Chapman University uh, to go to grad school. And so then I started the program at Chapman and I uh, didn't like it at Mm. all. I did one semester of the program and I just thought it was too much money and wasn't going to get me to where I wanted to be. What were you, what were you going for? It was an, it was a dual masters. It was an MFA in creative writing and an MA in English. So you'd get both Uh, at the same time over three years. Yeah. Um, And so over that period of time, um, it was about $26,000 per year that I was looking at. Yeah. Yeah. So it was about 75,000 that I would have if I finished the program. Mm -hmm. And they were kind of like pretty explicit when I started, like, don't expect to have a job when you graduate. Yeah. Yeah. Like this isn't like, we don't do career placement. We don't do that kind of stuff. Mm. And so I was like, I would, I wouldn't sleep at night just thinking about the debt that I was accumulating and like whether or not, and I was, you know, only like six weeks into it and I'm already freaking out about three years from now. Right. Right. And so, um, I kind of made the decision to leave, uh, grad school. I was like, I'll finish out the semester and I'll at least get grades for the semester. Um, so that if for any reason I decide to go back to grad school at any point, I can. Yeah. And, uh, so I left, but then it was like this crazy, it's this crazy thing where like when I was in school for that period of time, I wasn't working. I was just going to school and you could tell people 
I'm back in school. Like yeah. I'm in school. And so everybody like takes that and they accept that. But then when I was out, when I left, I was like, oh, I'm doing nothing. Uh, like I'm not even working, you mm -hmm. know, because I was, I was going to school. And so now I've got to like try to find a job and I've got to try to start over. And I was a hundred percent convinced that I, uh, had, like ruined my life. Mm -hmm. Like I was a hundred percent convinced that I had like made all of the wrong decisions that I had majored in the wrong thing mm -hmm. that I had like, like rather than like trying to like figure out what I was going to do post-graduation before I graduated. It was just like every single like manifestation of like panic and everything mm -hmm. came back to me. And then, uh, at that time I was also, uh, there was a little bit of a glimmer for hope of hope in the sense that um, while I was preparing to leave grad school, I was also interviewing to uh, head their housing program because mm -hmm. I had been an RA in college. And so uh, I would basically be running Chapman's residence hall program. And so I went through three different uh, rounds of interviews. I went through a phone interview, then an in-person interview, and then a final one, which they put me in all these places. Mm -hmm. And uh, they seemed to really like me. They were kind of like very much talking in like future speak in the sense that like this is where you'd be sitting. This is the stuff yeah. you'd be doing. It was like very much like that. And then uh, like a month went by and I would like check in every week and they were like, oh, yeah, we're still making a decision. We're still making a decision. And then finally, like basically as I was like withdrawing from school, mm -hmm. they also told me that I did not get that job oh no yeah and so uh and which was devastating because it was like i was like okay if i leave the job and i did this then then it'll be like a smooth transition and then it'll be okay because then i'll be going to work and i'll just be like i'll work full time and I'll yeah. be able to like you know start over and so i didn't get that job and then three days later the woman who headed who was like the person who interviewed me uh sent me an email and was like, I'd like to talk to you on the phone because like, I think we have another opportunity for you. And I was like, I was like, Oh, okay, sure. And then she called me and proceeded to pitch me on a pyramid scheme that she was involved in. And it was like, and she, it was some like, basically like, like legal. It was like called prepaid legal services. And you would like, and people could pay buy into it. And then they would be able to like have the services of an attorney if they ever needed it. And she was like, so I join her network. I get people to join my network, like classic pyramid yeah. scheme. Like multiple. And I was so like disgusted because it was like, like it felt like she was like preying on and manipulating my, yeah, my, like the place in my life that I was. Ugh, and so, awful. yeah. And so then I got off the phone and just everything was like basically like falling apart. Like for me, like from a, from a, like from a mental standpoint, mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do because I was living, I had moved to Long Beach at this point and was living somewhere, but I was like going to run out of money very soon. Yeah. And so this, uh, you know, and so the idea of like having to move home again and having to start and just like not knowing anything. And it was like, it was like a very, very, very dark period. It was yeah. a period in which like I had a lot of like, just was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, uh, this is like, it's going to sound like the most tepid good news in the entire world. But I went to a temp agency because I was just like, I need something like I need to do something. And, yeah. and, 
the woman who was like did my interview like basically just like took an interest in me and within like a day she like like I went and did the interview and I had interviewed at temp agencies. I'd gone to like five or six different temp agencies and they'd never gotten me anything. And mm. so this was just a thing where I was like, I'll just keep uh, going to yeah. them. And the next day this lady called me and she had a full time placement for me at uh, a company. And it was like an eight to five. And it was like and it was and it honestly like was like. I didn't even know it at the time. Like, obviously it was an immense relief to be able to like go back to work and do anything mm-hmm. like that. But it honestly set me on the path that would take me back to LA, like take me into like uh, doing comedy and like following my passions. Yeah. Like it was like every, especially for like how low everything had gotten. Yeah. Like even just like getting that, like that job, like just starting that was like such a big thing. And I guess the reason why like, I feel like because I like, especially with the climate that we're in right now or anything like that, like I do think like, like people having, you know, the ability to, to work and Mm -hmm. live and support themselves is so important. And we need, and like people need opportunity and like people need the ability to do so. And, and it, it can't be overstated. Mm -hmm. There is such a like, um, a like mental like like, there's so much self-esteem that comes with it there's Mm -hmm. like so much that comes with it like you're you valuing yourself as a person or feeling like your value to everything like that and so it was like it honestly was like i'm sure there's like other times in my life in which i've gotten good news that would probably be more inspirational and better i I I feel like this story no i love this story so much this is the kind of good news that i've um that I really especially like because it's such it is like uh, air quotes a small thing, but in actuality, it's not at all. Right. Because like I can a, look back and be like, oh, everything that I have right now. Yeah. Like started with that moment, which is like because like that was like like bottom of the barrel. Like yeah. I was I was in a very bad place. Like uh, I like, I you know, I and it I'd honestly thought like, oh, I'm. 25 and this is like this is the end like i've i've screwed myself over like i've completely screwed myself and i wish i like had gone back and done like a science or done something Mm -hmm. like that that would just like put me on a track that would just make life a little bit more a little bit simpler for myself i made things so hard on myself by wanting to be an artist and wanting Mm -hmm. to like follow and do everything and it was like i was i was so hard on myself and so scared and it was like i i like didn't want to be around people. Mm-hmm. I stopped even wanting to be around my family because I just had nothing to share. Like I just had was just like there was nothing yeah. good to say because all I was facing was this prospect that like a that I was going to run out of money. And it's not like my parents would ever let me go. Yeah. Like they wouldn't let me go hungry and they wouldn't like let me be homeless. And like obviously there would be a safety net there. But but I I never wanted, I never wanted that. Like I was like, that would have been worse for me. Mm -hmm. So like the fact that like before the bottom hit, I was able to get myself to that, to that place was like, but I was so scared. Yeah. Like it was like the most scared I've ever been in my entire life. And also just, uh, yeah, just like it, you feel very dejected. Mm -hmm. And so just that, like that little thing was like, and then it was like, oh, okay, like I can take a breather. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
Um, and I feel like uh, also being in that place of, I feel like so much in this country, people ask, what do you do? Or, or not this country, just society in general. As humans, it's like an icebreaker. Like, yeah. oh, what do you do? And it's actually such a really, I, I try not to ask that as much anymore because it's such a, it's a really delicate question. Like a lot of people know what they're doing and they're like, Oh, I do blah, blah, blah. Right, right. My life is, I know it, what I'm doing and what everything's about. And that's yeah. great. But then like, uh, from being in a place where you like, don't have an answer to that or knowing people in my family have gone through that. It's like, it's, oh, it's a very complicated a, question. question. And it's so hard to answer. And I feel like, um, yeah, uh, that just made me go off on that. Sorry, that was a separate tangent. We shouldn't ask each other what you do anymore. It no, I be. completely agree. It, and that was because that was what was happening was that everywhere was, I went, people were saying, what are you doing yeah. now? And when I was in school, I could just be like, I'm in school. Even though, like, to them, they'd be like, oh, that's great. And inside, I'd be like, no, it's not. It's awful. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I made a huge mistake, and this is going to cost me so much money. And, yeah. you know, like, I wish I'd been a doctor. I wish mm -hmm. I'd – it was just like everything was like – because. I had friends that were like in their residencies at doctor, like friends that were in law school who were like about to graduate or anything. And people were like, oh, they're in law school. And then you tell people an MA and MFA in creative writing. And the first thing they'd say is, oh, are you going to be able to find a job when you get out? And yeah. I was like, probably not. No. Okay. Yeah. I'm probably not going to be able to. And don't you think I think about that every, every single night when day. I go to sleep? Like yeah. it's the only thing that I'm focusing on. Uh, and so it is. And even now it's like when people ask me what I do, it's like there's such a complicated explanation yeah. like i do i do comedy and you know and then you have to try to explain that because right. then then they want to know have you been on tv yeah. have you been paid have to I do seen it have you... how much do you get paid i yeah exactly and it's like it's it doesn't it's a, matter don't take it from me yeah like you're what you're doing is you're trying to like a you're trying to compare yourself to me and find out like or like or to your kids like yeah. because that's like sometimes like my parents friends will ask mm. and then it's like how are my kids doing versus yeah. you? Which is like, yeah, oh, yeah. he's doing something like that. And just because you can uh, you can quantify their thing. So if I were like, if you tell anybody universally, like they are going to be a doctor or they are going to be a lawyer. Everybody knows what a lawyer yeah. is. Everybody knows what a doctor is. We know that they make a lot of money and yeah. that they usually like are set themselves up for success, right? Yeah. And so that's great. And so you could say that or anything. But like if you say like, oh, he's doing comedy, like there's a lot of questions like, are they funny? Yeah. Like, because there's, you know, there's yeah, people doing comedy that aren't too. good. Like, Tell yeah, because there's people who are trying things and especially with art being so subjective, it's yeah. like people could see it and be like, I don't like that, you yeah. know, but like with a doctor, it's like, I mean, there are bad doctors, but generally like doctor sounds like, you know, my I remember my mom once like telling me like so-and-so was like when I was in grad school and they're like, oh yeah, she, this, this one person's in grad school too. And she's from molecular biology. And so, and so, and, and yeah, like molecular biology is hard, but like, that's just because we don't know it. Yeah. If we were molecular biologists, yeah. then we would probably think this other thing was interesting. Yeah. Anyway, I, I could go on for a long time about it. No, me yeah. too. I, uh, yeah, people need to have more empathy towards each other. Number one is the first thing I'm pulling from this week. Uh, and I say every week and then number two yeah, stop everybody asking what do you do and trying to quantify 
Yeah. That I money. I hate money so much. Oh, yeah. I, I, it is like the epitome of everything awful to me. I know it's the only system we have that works that can be like general across the board right now of like how to get things done in the world. But I I hate it so much. I hate that people use money to f- like somehow quantify how they feel in their life. Yeah. And it, it's so hard. Also, like I've had huge anxiety attacks about like being in between jobs and not having any money. Same thing where you're like, other people can pay their rent and why can't I do right. this month? Like, why can't I be a normal human being? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it seems like it. And uh, yeah, I just think real. That, well, I love your story because I think a lot of people like I relate to it. I think a lot of people like those are the little things that change our trajectory. Like one of my when I did a solo episode, um, I did my good news story was the same thing. It was like the day that I got a job in Los Angeles after a month of yeah. like not being able to, I, it was a shitty hostessing job and I cried like that night because I just felt like it was permission to be like, yes, you can go on. Yes, with absolutely. Life. It's just, I just like, uh, I think I like that just being like something small, setting you up being so grateful yeah. for something small. And then it takes one, I feel like it takes one good thing sometimes to like the day that you get something that is given to you like that. It takes it a turn. It just clears your head and puts you in like, just being able to be grounded is like yeah. step one to being successful. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, uh, but I, it seems like a, like such a small thing, but it really is like so big in the sense that it can really like change the course of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks so much for being on. Absolutely, today. thanks Thank for having me. Thank you for your your. I loved your story. And oh, thanks thank for... you. Yeah, it was so much fun. Uh, I hope the guy enjoys his letters. I'm sorry, I was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved your. I loved your perspective on that. Um, yeah, yeah. I hope he enjoys his letters too. Uh, well, great. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> good, uh, good news later. Bye bye. Oh, wait, one last thing, guys. Will you please, if you like this podcast, rate and review it? Because it's the only way subscribers don't count. It's like the only way to get it. Um, yeah, seen at all rate and review. Screens. Yeah, got it up the, there. The rates and reviews. Yeah. Bye bye. <laughs> And a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardwalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.